0: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Monday evening in New
1: York City, and I'm in a different location. I'm not in the office, I'm not in the studio. I am at the storied Friars Club on Friars Way, 55th Street between Madison and Park. And I get to look diagonally across the street at the Ferrari dealership and, and lust, lust at the artistic beauty of the Ferrari, of which I shall never achieve. But, you know, I don't need a $800,000 car. But if you look at these automobiles, they really are works of art. And those of you who are driving in bumper-to-bumper traffic right now, you may not see a Ferrari. Um, but uh, what you won't hear, at least here, is all the negativity that's going on out there i mean I, i'm looking at the stories i want to be positive i want you It's the end of your first day of the work week you're probably saying oh boy i got a long road ahead i have a lot of stuff to do and uh, i will say in the law firm we have a lot of stuff to do uh it, those of you who just listened to john katsimatidis and you know you heard uh deputy commissioner john miller who i know for a very long time you know you hear about 29 uh, 28 shootings in New York City over the weekend. That's, you know, that that's just unacceptable. Uh, I believe it was, there was 24 different incidents um, and, and some of them, two people were shot. You know, that That's unacceptable. And I know I, from my conversations on Friday with the Chief of Staff to Eric Adams, Frank Carone, that they are so uber-focused on this to, uh, to a degree where they're calling in all the manpower. They're pulling all of the... NYPD officers who are typically in-house doing some form of paperwork or administrative work, they're hiring civilians to bring them into the precincts and putting the cops out on the street where we need them, especially the subways. I spoke to some high-ranking people today in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, and they also... Uh, are very focused on the subways, the subways, the subways, the subways. And if you want to tie that in to congestion pricing looking coming down our way, where they're talking about it's costing as much as up to $23. Now, I don't think that's going to be for a passenger vehicle. But, um, I mean, if you think of a guy like Matt Sambolin, who's coming in from Brooklyn, and if he chooses the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, which I don't even want to look at how much it is because I just throw that on the Easy Pass, but that ain't cheap. And then you got to get the... the, um, the congestion pricing, I mean, it could cost you 30 bucks to enter the city before you park. I mean, Matt, you got that kind of money you throwing uh, around? No, I, I do not. I mean, you look like you do. You look like a million bucks. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, look, it's a,
2: it's a hindrance to anybody who has to go into Manhattan.
1: Well, the interesting part will be, so let's just play it out. Let's say we clean up the subways, and now the congestion pricing hits. Does does it have such a chilling effect on those who drive below 60th Street Uh, Coming into the city. Will you now be able to take a city bus and zip through? Will you be able to to take a cab or an Uber and zip around town? I believe that is the the idea. That's the theory behind this, is to um, inhibit folks from coming into Midtown. How about any town, any part of the town? The folks who are going to make a killing are the parking lots just north of 60th Street here in New York City. Because people from uh, who come down from Westchester, who come down from Connecticut, they're going to come and try to park on 62nd Street and 64th Street, especially uh, on the east and west side, close to the train stations. So God bless them. They're going to do very well. Uh, unlike my buddies at the Hippodrome on, on 43rd and 6th, where, you know, you want to talk about seeing a lot of cars, Matt, right after when the pandemic started to wane and, businesses started to open but people were afraid to go on the subways they went from having 400 cars a day to the maximum capacity which is almost 700 wow. a day now if you also want to know they went from charging 400 dollars for a monthly uh t- t- spot to 700 dollars from a monthly spot so you know i my heart doesn't exactly break for johnny down there in the basement who's been helping me out for all of these years but um under to be filed under the positive stories for new york There was a New York City half marathon this weekend. I think she drives me crazy. Joni was there and and watched. I know my best buddy Noel Downey ran in it. And uh, what Noel told me today when I spoke to him to congratulate him because I was online, I think it was last night and I see, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table with Luca and I see on Facebook that Noel ran the half marathon and Noel and I are exactly the same age. We sat next to each other on the first day of law school. We've been friends ever since. And I'm like, wow! Look, Luke, Uncle Noel ran another marathon. This is great. And I remembered, oh, I forgot something up in the attic. And uh, Matt, I walked up two, <laughs> two full flights of stairs <laughs> quickly. I'll say that Qu- quickly. And I got to the top. I will say <sighs>
2: <sighs>
1: <sighs> so
2: um, no half marathon. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to break
1: out. But you know, I did. Uh, I was very fortunate on a very personal note. Not only did I get to take my four month old for a nice long walk on Sunday morning, but I ran into on the street of all people me (laughs) Matt Sam Bolin and his beautiful wife and their beautiful daughter Um, and I was um, I worked Matt I was in the office for a good four or five hours on Sunday when are you not working um now you're (laughs) selling Marion well thanks to these devices we all carry with us and you know when you are when you do the type of trial work that I do um, you are a little bit like a gynecologist You you never know when the baby's gonna come so I got a call early Saturday morning about a big case and i had to go to meetings in the office yesterday for almost four hours um and like a gynecologist who misses birthdays and parties and and anniversaries um yeah i miss dinner with the kids and that doesn't put me in the best of moods there'll be a big case i think you're going to hear about tomorrow or the next day that um, we're working very hard on um but you know what warmed my heart matt to show that we're a little bit on like the cutting edge of what's going on in the world tell me remember we did that story about the little girl who sang let it go at a bomb shelter in ukraine very touching right and idina Menzel, who john travolta so nicely screwed up her name and then she (laughs) became more famous than ever um she's the one idina is the one who um found that clip and put it out there and it went viral. Well, that little girl, she's uh, seven years old. She got out of Ukraine. She escaped Ukraine with her brother, and she's with her grandmother in Poland. Her parents got stuck behind, um, and they they had a big charity event in Poland to raise money for the folks in Ukraine. And she sang the Ukrainian national anthem to forget about standing ovation. I That's mean, they wonderful. were sta- they were standing on their heads. And if you go online and you wanna. Check it out. It's not very hard to find. Just put in Let It Go, Bomb Shelter, Ukrainian National Anthem. And it's, she's dressed in a beautiful uh, Ukrainian dress. And she is, um, it, where is it, Joe? Oh, it's also on my Facebook. Oh, look who just walked in. Judge Mike Pesci is here. So I'm in the okay. Friars Club. Let me just explain what's going on. Especially those of you who are watching online, you're wondering why I'm wearing sunglasses. Um, I came here, and you know, in the studio, uh, Matt Sambolin has me totally covered with everything I need—from water and, and snacks, and honey, and green tea, and and reading glasses—and in. And, my office, I'm surrounded. I'm like Fred Sanford. Those of you know Fred Sanford, you got the draw with all the glasses. You have to keep trying them on to see which one's the right one. That's me. I have a very special person who works in my office, Christina, and another one, uh, Diana, and they also need reading glasses. And sometimes, somehow or another, miraculously, I walk by Christina's desk, and there are my reading glasses on her desk. But I'm not going to hold it against anyone. But take a guess when I came to the Friars Club without today. Yes, that would be correct, my reading glasses. However... Like a Boy Scout, I'm always prepared. I have sunglasses that are also reading glasses. So when I look through the top, there's no, just pure glass. But down the bottom, I got like a 2.0, so I can actually see the notes in front of me. Um, So those of you who uh, oh, thank you, Michael Boxter, my colleague from uh, Polyprep, who I know since I'm a tiny little boy. Let's see, are these are these gonna, oh yeah, these do work. Oh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right, so for those of you who are listening, you don't have to imagine me with uh, reading glasses, uh, with uh, sunglasses on anymore. Um, you know, one of the things that I spoke about today with one of the heads of the Manhattan DA's office had to do with the homelessness situation and had to do with, I was saying how the hard the NYPD is pushing to get the homeless folks um, and they have a new like politically correct word for them, those without homes. I think <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, You know out of the subways and and the person I was speaking to Well, where are they going to go? And apparently there is actually plenty of room um, for people who are without homes that are free, but they don't seek the they don't seek this out. Um, I believe there's like 2,500 vacancies um, They're city-funded apartments for folks to come in and take take advantage of they would also um, be provided some sort of mental health care and other social services there's enough units to ho- to hold hold every person that's living on the subway streets, uh, living on the subway or in the streets, and yet they don't avail themselves of those situations. And then some people, I mean, some nut job killed a bunch of homeless people or a f- couple, I believe. We got to get it under control, folks. We're trying to keep it positive. Where uh, there was a great article in the New York Times this weekend about uh, eric adams and how besides fighting crime he's really um, doing a rah-rah treatment with wall street he invited all the heads of the big companies like goldman sachs and morgan stanley to dinner at gracie mansion they juxtaposed that to um de- uh, mayor de blasio who really kind of shunned those people he wanted de blasio want to say i'm the man of the little people and adams wants to say he's the man of all people I will say I subscribe to Mayor Adams's uh, point of view and way of thinking to really get things done and get the city back on track cuz we're on our way to get it on track.
3: Do they know? It's like I'm losing my
1: mom. Well, that's some beautiful music. The reason why we're listening to Ethel Merman sing Rose's Turn from Gypsy from 1959 is because here at the Friars Club today, we are honoring Stephen Sondheim, uh, a man who had a beautiful life. I'm gonna hear more about him later on in the show. But one thing that Stephen Sondheim was smart enough to do was to plan for the future. That's why when he departed us just a few months ago, he was prepared. And how do you become prepared? Well, for those of you who listen to the Idola Power Hour, it's very simple. You call Connors and Sullivan because those are the types of lawyers who make sure you're prepared for when you're not around. Who is going to look after your estate? Well, you don't know who will if you don't have a will, if you don't have a power of attorney, if you don't have a health care proxy, if you don't have a living will. The bottom line is those are all complicated documents that you need a lawyer to help you Walk through and get through and and understand it. And there's tax ramifications, etc., etc., etc. Name the Broadway show. The goal of Connors and Sullivan attorneys are always to protect your rights and your interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over forty years. Forty years, and they are willing to give you a free consultation. So visit them for no obligation at all. Call Connors & Sullivan today. They have offices in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. The number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember, folks, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all.
4: here she is, boys. Here she is, world. Here's Rose. Curtain up.
1: Light the light. All right, so this is Zephyr yes Play it, boys. All right, I messed up, folks. I do that a lot. earlier oh, that was yeah. julia mckenzie from lo- hey, losing my mind from this is ethel merman from gypsy you like it yeah. uh, ethel merman got banned from singing god bless america and i believe so yeah. yeah because she did something a hundred years ago that offended someone a hundred years later give me a break um someone who did not get a break sadly Um, I did a little investigation into the Rikers Island inmate uh, on Friday. I said there were three people who died at Rikers Island. Now, this one, thank God. I mean, it's sad that the man died, but it's not exactly a violent crime. Um, He choked. He choked on an orange. Um, But here's the sad part, and they're still conducting an investigation as to what really took place here. But according to reports... He was eating, and he choked on an orange, and he was pointing to his throat that he can't breathe, breathe, he can't breathe. This is a 52-year-old man. His name is Herman Diaz, and um, there were no correction officers around to help, no one who was trained in CPR. Apparently, there were a couple of detainees who tried to help, but they weren't able to help, and he died right there in the prison, um, like in the middle of the day, not on the cover of darkness or in the middle of the night, and... You know, it, if you read the stories and you dig into it a little deeper, it all comes down to uh, the fact that they don't have enough um, manpower. The correction officers don't. Um, Benny Bocher, who's been um, a guest on this show, who's the head of the union. I mean, he's begging basically for more funding for more officers. Flip side of the coin is that I don't think anyone's pounding down the door to uh, become a correction officer. You don't make a lot of money. I was speaking to a very senior correction officer. She's been there a very long time. And she's like, Arthur, you'd not be out of your mind to take this job. Number one, you're in jail. Even though you're on the other side of the bars, you're in jail. You're working in jail. It's really not a pleasant place to be. As unpleasant as it is for the inmates, it's not that much more pleasant for the correction officers. So." The only way you're going to attract more people, especially now with what's going on in America and what's about to happen in New York, which is I think inflation is going to go through the roof and the cost of living is going to go through the roof, is somehow or another raise the salary of a correction officer. If you want to, if you you know you're going to do a, a rough job, you should get some combat pay. And you know, police officers are exalted, firefighters are you know put on pedestals for what they do, and they, I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but correction officers are a vital part of our system you know whether we like it or not and and it's not a fun job it's not a pleasant job even the department of sanitation is is you know they're marching in the parades and you know when it's a snowstorm we're all bowing down to them um correction officers uh, you know i will stand up for them i tried a case once uh as a prosecutor a correction officer james was escorting a guy from point a to point b and a guy had a razor blade in his mouth and Pulled it out of his mouth when he was uncuffed and sliced the guy's slice officer james's face open for no reason fast forward 20 years that happened right before the guy choked on the orange that happened in rikers island where an inmate sliced it uh, sliced a correction officer so that's one of the things that also this senior correction officer told me last week when i was in court she's like Arthur, she goes our our own lives are in jeopardy we don't have enough manpower I think they're short like 6,000 people, like not 600, not 60, 6,000 people from when they are fully staffed. So we need to figure out a way to entice more people to become correction officers, to make Rikers Island safer and more efficient. You know, the fact that Herman Diaz's brother, the the man who choked on a a piece of orange while he was in, he was a detainee. He was still innocent until proven guilty. You know how his, his family found out about it? in the Daily News. No one picked up the phone, or no one looked at his file and said, well, who's the next of kin, or let's try to find the next of kin. And I mean, they were des- devastated to learn about it in the Daily News. Um, look, we can keep our heads in the sand as long as we want. But no matter how much I try to keep things positive, it seems to always come back to crime, to crime, whether it's the homeless aspect of it, whether it's the Rikers Island incarcerated aspect of it. As we're on the air, I'm looking at this story. A nine-year-old tourist from Miami, a nine-year-old, got punched in the head right in front of Central Park today, and a doorman from the, New York, from the Plaza Hotel chased the guy down and caught him. It was like some 20-year-old. I mean, I... The, the, it's the vibe so I was fortunate enough today to have former mayor Rudy Giuliani in my office it is no secret that um, we are representing him on some legal matters having to do with his law license judge Kamen's and judge Leventhal are his his attorneys regarding his law license he, his law license was suspended and you know we were just obviously talking about everything that's going on in the city um, there was a couple of things he told me that I was pleasantly surprised to hear Um, one of which is no secret. I mean, he is, he's rooting hard for the current administration and the current, you know, police department to really be successful as a New Yorker. Um, just to make you laugh. I was very fortunate, you know, uh, as we spoke on Friday, you know, Thursday was St. Patty's day, Saturday, um, right. Saturday was, uh, St. Joseph's day. And there's a tradition for the Italians to eat pasta with sardines, pasta con sarde. But I, I had a lot going on, and I could not attend the feast at L&B Spumoni Gardens that the rest of my family did. If you recall, on Friday, I had Lenny, the chef owner of L&B, on the, on the line, and he made our mouths water with all of the delicacies he was going to be providing. So I, um, And this is just coincidence how things work out, but I couldn't plan this. So we're sitting there with Mayor Giuliani, and we're going over what's going to happen and tomorrow and the days coming up. And the, the hours are ticking by, and now it's time to eat. And uh, it's about quarter to one. And I have, Lenny sent over with my family, a whole tray of, basically it was like a pasta with the seafood sauce and the breadcrumbs. And so I brought it there. So I look at Rudy, I go, Mr. Mayor, are you hungry, you want something? He goes, sure. So I make him this big plate of pasta. I put a little olive oil on it. I know how to doctor it up and make it sound, and make it taste delicious. And while I'm heating it up, my phone rings, and I look, it's Andrew Giuliani. And I go, Andrew, what are we, you, you're spying on me? I said, I'm sitting here with your dad. I said, I'm actually making imposter from Ellen and b Spumoni Gardens. He goes, oh, my God, I'm in front of Ellen and b Spumoni Gardens. <laughs> I'm just about to walk in to have lunch and say hello to them. That's why I'm calling you because I know you know everybody here. I mean, what is the likelihood of that coincidence taking place? But, you know, when you sit with Rudy Giuliani and talk to him, and he was talking about his first days in office, and if you remember, there was the whole squeegee thing. And I remember as a kid, I don't know, I wasn't a kid kid, maybe I was fifteen, and we're in my dad's four door brown sedan. The mom's in the passenger seat, my sister and I are in the back seat, and I believe we were coming from my grandparents. We were coming from the Bronx, that I know into Manhattan and then down to Brooklyn. And you know, the squeegee guys come over and um, the one thing about my father is like no one's gonna bully him or tell him what to do. That was when he was sixteen he was that way, when he was sixty six he's that way, and when he's gonna be eighty-six he's gonna be that way. So the guy comes over and if you remember, those of you old enough to remember, like they would just come over and spray that crap on your windshield. You don't know what it was. Was it urine? Was it this? Was it water? Was it seawater? So that now you needed them to do the squeegeeing thing. And my dad is screaming, No, get away, no, no. And you know, I'm getting nervous and the guy grabs on to the to the uh windshield wiper blade. And I'm like, I'm thinking, well, if this guy breaks his blade, that blade's going to cost $75 a $100 to replace. And my dad starts pulling away. But the whole thing was just unnerving and unsettling. What Rudy said to me today was, the whole city of New York, after they arrested all of them and eliminated it, he doesn't even think they were 200 that terrorized 8 million people. He said, I, you know, he goes, I don't even know if I was in office a month. I called uh, Commissioner Bill Bratton and I said, we got to attack this squeegee situation and we, and and they did. And after it was basically eliminated, he said, "I I don't believe today that there were 200 people that were, that were arrested. It was such a small percentage of our population, and that's probably or almost definitely what's going on now. People who are getting terrorized in the subways or in the parks, or this schmuck who just hit a nine-year-old kid in the head, that is a probably a 0.001 percentage of." Of America, of America, of New York City, of eight million people. But we gotta weed them out. And I can tell you, what did Giuliani do? The same thing. And they're following his playbook. They used technology, and now the technology is ten times better than it was then. Between the cameras, between Easy Pass and text messages and GPS, et etc et cetera, they're they're really micro targeting where the crimes are, where the guns are, where the drugs are. And I am cautiously optimistic. That before we know it, uh, New York will be back to being better than ever. Of course, when we come back, we're going to talk about what Dr. Fauci has said, which has put us back on our heels a little bit. We're also going to talk about marijuana and cannabis and who's selling what, and are we abiding by those laws. And then towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about Stephen Sondheim and the Friars Club and have a little bit of fun while you guys are on your way home. So as I hide down here in the corner, Billy Crystal Bar of the Friars Club and everyone upstairs eating, drinking, and having some fun, You guys can, if you're home, you can grab a drink and pay attention to me. If you're driving, don't drink. We'll be right back.
0: Hi, Jerry Hickey here.
3: And Amanda Williams. And welcome to the Invite Health Buy One Get One Free Spring Sales Event.
0: Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free.
3: This is a good time to talk with one of our nutritionists about Greens HX, supplying fruits and vegetables along with healthy probiotics and energy herbs. Just one of the many products you can double up on during the Spring Buy One Get One Free sales event. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional, 7 days a week. For Invite Health buy one get one free spring event,
0: call 800-459-2272. That's 800-459-2272. Visit invitehealth.com for product information and retail locations near you. Take advantage of Invite's limited time buy one get one free spring event. Call 800-459-2272. That's 800 459 2272 Seven, two.
3: Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health. Get healthy. Stay healthy.
5: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wartime economy. Does it change your investment strategy? Uh, tonight, we will ask Hillary Kramer just that question. But if you were a subscriber to her Trading Desk email, you'd already know that
0: she's a little bit bullish on oil. You can imagine why. That and more tidbits tonight at 7 on Radio Night Live's Money Night. Want more of AM 970 The Answer and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news. What's coming up on the radio? Thoughts from our hosts? Deals from our advertisers? And more. Our handle is at AM 970 The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry leading 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the Metro Tri-State area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer.
2: 61 degrees. We have generally clear skies on this Monday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, police are looking for a suspect who brutally attacked a woman in Harlem, leaving her in critical condition. Lisa Salvati has more.
3: A Harlem woman is fighting for her life after being beaten by a man who also tried to rape her. Police released surveillance video of the suspect putting on surgical gloves as he walked down the street before the attack. The Daily News reports that around 11.30 p.m. Friday, the woman was walking on West 123rd Street when the attacker punched her in the head repeatedly and knocked her to the ground. He then dragged her in between two parked cars and tried to rape her. Neighbors say the woman has lived there for years, suffers from mental illness, but doesn't hurt anyone and is often seen walking around asking for money. Lisa Salvati, NBC News Radio, New York.
2: Coronavirus is on the rise in New York State again. Scott Pringle has more. The state health commissioner, Dr.
1: Mary Bassett, says the Omicron subvariant is making up 42 percent of cases in New York State.
6: It has been rising over the past couple of months, uh, but we have not seen the kind of rate of growth uh, in this dominance uh, that we've seen in the UK and in Europe.
1: She does not see a steep rise in cases coming in New York in the near future. The state's positivity rate has risen to 2%. Hospitalizations remain at about a seven-month low. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York.
2: Thank you, Scott. Taking a look at the traffic, 20 to 30 minutes outbound at the Holland Tunnel. Inbound about 15 minutes from 1 and 9. Not bad for the turnpike approach. Five minutes outbound at the Lincoln Tunnel, so that's definitely better than the Holland. Inbound, we're good, and the George Washington Bridge, a pretty good ride. Your forecast, well, you're going to see some clouds increasing tonight. We'll stay dry overnight, low 46. Dry tomorrow, but a mix of sun and clouds by the afternoon, high 55. Cloudy on Wednesday in the morning, then rain for the afternoon, high 45. That rain will likely continue at least into the first half of Thursday, high 54. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer.
0: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So, uh,
1: I guess the news people knew that I was going to talk a little bit about um, the COVID, um, because you know, if you if you're perusing around the airwaves, you know, there's this new thing going on there. What is it called? The BA, the B two, the B one The new variant. Yes, the new yeah, variant. That's all we know. need. And uh, and Mr. uh, Dr. Fauci, you know, he's basically said, quote unquote, this is not time to celebrate, but time to not time to take a victory lap. It's time to be prepared. And so I started reading and digging. Then I saw that Disney closed their Shanghai uh, facility. And, you know, that's when Disney closes something like that. That's like hundreds of millions of dollars that just disappear because it extrapolates out. It's very far. Anything that Disney touches does that. Um, and apparently the numbers plummeted in Europe and now they're climbing back up. But when you read it, the good news is it seems like the symptoms and the people who are getting sick, it's much more like the Omicron than the, as they call it, the OG COVID that really took people down. And uh, God willing, those who are vaccinated, um, the if they get the new, look, I got it. I mean, I'm, I'm proud that I got it, but I got it. I was in bad shape for like a day and a half, and it wasn't even bad. I was like exhausted, which is not exactly in my playbook to be exhausted. But I was, I was exhausted. Um, but then I got up. Look, and I'm not minimizing it. A lot of people got really, really, really sick. But like, we can't, like, we can't do this again. Um, I want to go to Italy this summer, and I heard this morning about um, all of the, the because of gasoline, all the prices are going up, but. I looked at a round trip to Rome. It was like $850 uh, on a regular you know, Delta or or American Airlines, which is normal. That's totally typical. Now, maybe I should lock those dates in before they go through the roof. Um, But um, I don't know. It's like we're all waiting to see what happens. I spoke to my friend, Mr. Hassan, this morning, who is a he invests people's money and a lot of big people who have a lot of money, not like the kind of money that I have. More like the people, money that, like, Matt Sambolin has. Exactly, like really nothing. A lot, yeah. a lot of money. Nothing. And, you know, he's very, very concerned about inflation and how the bond market is getting beat up and how, the, you know, the price of as everything goes up. He goes, Arthur, you know, I think you're going to be okay. But people who make, you know, $75,000 a year and they're supporting, you know, two or three dependents, uh, whether it's a spouse and children, you know they're going to feel it when everything goes up: two dollars, or dollar, three dollars, two dollars, four dollars, three dollars, four dollars, three dollars. All of a sudden, their little expendable income, their little that little extra bit of money that they have, you know, that's gone. And that's when people start doing you know stupid things. Speaking of stupid things, the height of stupidity: some guy is in his car, he's dr- put you turn the wheel all the way, and you do- he's doing donuts. By a crowd of bystanders, who I, I don't know if they're watching, or, but it's in Manhattan at midnight, Saturday, I think, going into Sunday, and he hit a 23-year-old kid who's gone, undergone so many different surgeries now. When I was going through the story to prepare for the show, if you look at the picture of this poor kid online, the, 23 who, the 23-year-old who got hit, your heart just breaks because they have a picture of him, a healthy picture of him, and then the picture of him yesterday in the hospital, and he, he's unrecognizable. His face, he broke his forehead. I have never heard that term in my whole life. I've heard people cracking their skull, but it was written up that he broke his forehead. He broke both hips, uh, both arms, really, really in bad shape. I mean, look, if you're going to do donuts, you got to know where to do them. So, I will admit now that the statute of limitations has run, I was in and she's here tonight, and she can't hear this because she's upstairs, but I was in um law school, and my friend, my very dear friend Annette, said, "Oh, don't worry, we're going out tonight. I'll drive okay, no problem. she's gonna drive, so she drives us to the bar, and you know I have a drink or two, and I kind of lose track of Annette, and maybe forty minutes later. She comes, stump, not stumbling over, but clearly she's had, if she had as much as I did, she weighed us a lot less. And she just goes, hey, Art, Art, here's my keys. I'm like, what are you giving me your keys for? She's like, you're driving. Oh, I'm driving? Yeah. And I told Josh, Jeff, Mike, and I know someone else that we're driving them too. I said, Annette that you have a Toyota Celica, a two door Toyota Celica. Well, fast forward, I now start ordering Diet Cokes, and um, I'm now, instead of me having a good time, and I mean, I'm 23, I'm, I'm not looking to drink Diet Coke, but that's what I'm drinking, I'm going to be the responsible one. At the, the night ends, it's 1, 2 in the morning, and many people, of the eight people who are crammed in this car, their car was parked in the parking lot of the law school, CUNY Law School, in on Main Street in, um, in Flushing, Queens. So, and they're in the car and they're breaking my chops. They're idiots because I'm the driver, right? They're cranking the music. I remember they're playing Eric Clapton and opening windows. And I'm like, guys, calm down, calm down. I get into the parking lot and here's net's car. It's got some lease, t- Toyota Celica, but the cute sports one. They're crammed in the bar in the back like it's a clown car. And I just roll up the windows. I crank the music as loud as I can. They don't know. They they want to get out of their car because my car. Because they're all their cars are there. I turn the wheel all the way to the left. I put it in neutral. I floored it till the tachometer was in the red line and dropped it. Dropped it <laughs> into drive, and it's just going. Ah! And they're bouncing. Their heads are bouncing on the glass, and I am getting sweet, sweet. Revenge they then all poured out of the car and the problem was is that I actually had to drive myself home Then take Annette net inside put her on the couch make sure she had some seltzer some coffee cover her up Let her go to sleep and in the morning she drove home So I've done donuts, but not when a lot of people are around that was a, a long way of me Disciplining this poor this schmuck who fled by the way, he didn't stay he hit the kid and he's on the loose And he's on the lamb and hopefully he will have the at least the moral uh drive to come in and turn himself in if not the way technology is that we talked about in the last segment between license plates and and all the cameras that that could follow him almost everywhere he goes and if there's gps in the car and gps on his phone they will find him um lauren do you want to say a quick hello (laughs) <laughs> um, i also I have so many great guests here, and they 're being very polite normally they 're a bunch of rowdy nuts. Mike Beauvais just walked in Mike Beauvais runs the Department of Sanitation, but nobody he doesn 't want anybody to know that he 's <laughs> been Mikey how many years have you been with the department I'm in my 50th, my 50th. he's about he 's starting his fiftieth year, so if you really want to know the weather don't don 't forget about the weather man they don 't know anything about the weather. You want to know the weather, you look for the eight thirty one union guys they know those are the sanitation men they know the sanitation workers they know what the weather is going to be they know if there's snow or there's not going to be snow or if it's just a bunch of hype or not hype but i will tell you they did an unbelievable job this year and mike i just want to thank you and all of new york's strongest because mike besides working so hard, yeah we could give Mike a round of applause besides mike working so hard for the department of sanitation for all of these years worked closely with all of the commissioners to make sure new york is is clean and clean of garbage and clean of, uh, of, of snow and everything else that they do, by the way. You know, 9-11, they were unbelievable heroes. But in Mike's spare time, he founded years ago and he runs now what's called the Neighborhood Improvement Association to help kids keep off the street, keep them in school, after school programs, whether they're academic programs, athletic programs, helping other people programs, creative art programs. 50 locations, 50 locations throughout the city. So thank you, Mike. Lauren, come here real quick. Give me um. Oh. Oh, just use my mic. Oh, oh,
4: okay, we're on Facebook Live, so <laughs> okay. uh, I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, oh, right. hi, hi, hi. Give us, give, give okay, us and Instagram. Amazing. Uh, 100, okay, so so no, it's it's Broadway night at the Friars Club. So I'm going to give you a quick update on Broadway. You guys, take a guess. What is the number one show on Broadway right now? I just want you to guess. How? How is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, MJ no, the no, musical. Oh my no, 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 okay, I'm going to tell you, it's The Music Man, starring Hugh Jackman oh, and Sutton yeah. Foster, yeah, so, I know, exactly, so go get your tickets to The Music Man, because if you get them now, you're not going to be able to go for another six months, probably, um, I also want to say, I just read an article about Ben Stiller, starring in The Shining on West End. And you know what happens when shows go from West End, they, they come to Broadway after, yes. So that, I feel like if we all say our prayers and we all cross our fingers, whatever, we'll see Ben Stiller in The Shining pretty soon. Wow. Um, is that good? Am I good? So I got, can I tell you why Can I
1: tell you why I didn't? Can I tell you why I didn't buy my parents tickets to see The Music Man, of which I starred in 1985 when Mike Boxer was in the audience watching <laughs> me? Are you Harold Hill? <laughs> I was Harold Are Hill. Hill. Really? Do you know much, the ti- Do you know, hold on. Do you know much the tickets cost? a piece come on folks so if to send my parents with all the things with all the charges it was almost two grand I said mom I would love to buy this for you daddy will kill me if I spend two thousand dollars on a two-hour show where you'll be half asleep and he'll be complaining about his back and it's just you know I'd rather just put it in Nicholas's education fund because Nicholas, God willing, is going to a very uh, wonderful Catholic university in the uh, upcoming month of September. I see Doug Jabara walked into the room. For when we come back, if we have, I'll, I'll see if we have any other breaking news. I do want to talk a little bit about uh, what happened in the Senate today with Judge Brown Jackson, who is. Uh, trying to become the newest member of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. But Doug Jabara is here tonight to talk about Sondheim and uh, his tribute that he's putting on here in the at the Friars Club to a packed house. I mean, packed, packed, packed house. Hopefully there'll be room for me. Doug, you think I could get in and see you sing tonight? <laughs> Since I know you sound third? Yeah, you got a guy. So listen to this beautiful tune played by Matt Sambolino. We'll be right back.
5: Great memories at your timeshare are ones that you will hold on to forever. But maybe the cost has become a burden and you haven't been able to enjoy your quote-unquote investment, not to mention rising maintenance fees while you were away. My name is Michael Molfetta, and my firm joined Forza Consumer Group to help people like you. We are the number one exit company for quality solutions with affordable prices. Forza believes all great relationships start with transparency and communication, especially when it comes to sensitive situations like timeshares. There is no one-size-fits-all approach when helping you out of your unwanted contract. With years of experience in this field, we know every client has unique obstacles to overcome during the cancellation process. Let Forza Consumer Group fight an ethical battle on your behalf, freeing you from the contractual and financial timeshare burden. Call us for a free consultation at 800-570-6685. That's 800-570-6685 or visit ForzaConsumerGroup.com.
3: This is Carol platt for TownHall.com. For generations, seeing the Disney label on children's entertainment has been tantamount to a seal of approval. Moms could be confident that Disney content would reinforce the lessons they teach at home. Virtue is its own reward, be brave, truthful, loving, patriotic, and good will triumph over evil in the end. Sadly, that assumption is no longer operative. Last week, its CEO spoke out against a Florida law that's been wildly mislabeled by the left as the don't-say-gay bill. Actually, all it does is prohibit teaching about sexual orientation and gender identity to children in kindergarten to third grade. Moms and dads ought to be paying attention. Why would an entertainment company that specializes in children's entertainment oppose such common-sense legislation designed to protect children? The trust of parents has been the fuel that built the Disney empire. That trust is fast eroding.
0: Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
4: Something familiar, something peculiar Something for everyone, a comedy tonight Something appealing, something appalling God, God, out. Out.
6: fantastic tonight <laughs> zero must so uh, we're
1: here at the Friars Club this is Arthur Idala and I just had a special guest walk-in who um, you can hear on am 970 on Friday nights right after this come say a quick hello.
3: Friday Friday night
1: just together, to call with Christine Nicholas with the Broadway Association. Thank you for doing this tonight. So it's uh, the, the, you the Broadway Association is in the house at the Friars Club on AM So Let's you
6: Amazing. Broadway. Amazing. Wow. Nice to be. Here. So I am so happy
1: that Christine is here. Before we we jump into um, the the fun stuff, I just want to mention number 1 congratulations to the FDNY. They got $275,000 Boston Dynamics robot dogs named Spot to begin search and rescue missions in the coming weeks. So they're going to experiment with that to keep firefighters uh, out of harm's way. And uh, on the legal side of things, Judge Brown Jackson, uh, her uh, confirmation hearings began today. And she made an opening statement. We're going to dig a little deeper into that tomorrow. And maybe we'll have a special guest on to speak of it. Um... Lindsey Graham did kind of give her a little bit of a hard time. He said, even though I voted for your confirmation to go to the Court of Appeals, the United States Supreme Court is a whole new game, and we're going to have to re-examine everything. I especially want to know your thoughts and your philosophy about court packing, meaning adding more people to the United States Supreme Court. You seem to be backed by the left very strongly, by the far left very strongly, and that's one of their platforms is to add more judges to the court. I want to know if you had a rule on the court, if you have thoughts on that. Of course, these justices always dodge the questions, saying I shouldn't answer questions about something that might come before the court. He also alluded to how bad uh, Judge Kavanaugh got beat up, and he assured her, even though my Democratic colleagues destroyed him, I give you my word on behalf of the Republican Republican colleagues, we will not destroy you, and this is not going to become a circus. So he really came off as like an elder statesman gentleman, but we shall see what the truth holds. I want to thank Anthony Trombetta, the general manager here at the Friars Club. For helping put this whole evening together, which um, is going to be a beautiful evening. And when I took on this radio show and I spoke to Jerry Crowley and everyone assumed, well, because I'm a lawyer, I'm just going to do law, 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 law. I said, no, I want to do New York, <laughs> New York, New York. Oh, that would be a good name of a song, New York, New York. So I'm sitting <laughs> here, and tonight is a special night because we're honoring a great uh, New Yorker who just passed away. Before I forget, happy birthday, Matthew Broderick, 60 years old today, two-time Tony winner. That is a... Awesome. Uh, that is a Broadway minute moment. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, his wife, I believe, they're in um, the Plaza Suite, which is at the Hudson Theater right now. I should just ask Christine. I'm sure, Christine, am I right? Yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay, Christine said I'm right, so then I must be right. Um, and so I have next to me is Douglas Habib Jabara, um, who I know. You know, uh, Lauren was just talking about the Music Man. That's the only show I was in that Doug was not in because he was. Uh, He had graduated and went to the University of Pennsylvania, where he's going to be a doctor. And somehow or another, now he's an actor and (laughs) singer and ballet dancer. But, um, Doug, this is your premier performance here at uh, the Friars Club. Why Sondheim? You just came out with a new album. Why Sondheim? Tell us why, of all the artists that you've known and you've studied from opera to theater to The Who, meaning Pete Townsend, The Who, why Sondheim?
6: So it's uh, it would have been Stephen Sondheim's 92nd birthday tomorrow. And um, I'm sure all the listeners know Mr. Sondheim unfortunately passed away this year, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, that so, would be last year, but that's okay. But exactly. That's this, as you call this, it, this, pat, this past year. And uh, we're here to, to celebrate his spirit and his life and his birth in song.
1: Okay, but back up. Yeah. You have been producing an album for... A better part of two years, all but it, it's what's it called?
6: Right, it's called "Swing: A Song of Sondheim." So, talk to me. Okay, so it's actually six years in the making.
1: Okay, and I was I knew that, but I wasn't going to
6: expose you for <laughs> being okay. a procrastinator. But that's okay. <laughs> keep
1: going. Keep. Well, we keep can minus, yourself. We keep... can
6: minus two years for the pandemic. Okay. So okay. However, it's actually only four. All right, um, I'll give you that. We started um, way back when, to the summer of 2016, and Nikki Denner, who is playing the keyboard tonight. Uh, is responsible for the fantastic arrangements that uh, the audience here at the Friars Club is going to enjoy, and uh, we basically took about a year and a half. Every once a week, but get here's together. the question,
1: Your Honor. Your Honor, the witness is not answering the question. Uh-oh. Why? <laughs> I'm in why? Strong. You, Rodgers a Hammerstein, and uh, why Sondheim? Uh, why Sondheim? Because
6: of his humanity. Because he, of you. He really uh, he touched on the, the best and the worst of uh, human characteristics.
1: Tell folks who and aren't so acquainted with a couple of his shows so they'll st- know it.
6: West Side Story so Sweeney, is his crowning jewel. So West Side Story, he actually only wrote the lyrics for. Okay. Right? Uh, Leonard, still gets credit for you know, that. For sure. And Lauren, he's actually, Lauren's and giving you a big you know, West Side know. Story is actually in the show. Okay. I, in, I hope in so. In the show. It's, it's right. Doug and
1: I were in West Side Story. I was Baby John. He was Arab. And the, actually, a I got to tell that
6: story before we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll tell stories. you how much time we got, but keep <laughs> okay, going. So tell him what else What else does Sondheim do. With Sweeney Todd, West Side Story, go ahead.
6: That's right. Um, Sunday in the Park with George. Uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the Forum, which was the music we were listening to in the intro. Uh, so he just uh, touched on the human condition.
1: Did you see the, the show on Netflix, Tick, Tick, Boom, about Jonathan Larson who I, wrote Rent?
6: I did. I so, did. so
1: Sondheim was the guy who wrote Rent's kind of hero.
6: A, yes, he, he worked with Jonathan Larson and helped him craft it. And uh, the gentleman that I think directed it is Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he also helped Lin-Manuel along the way. Lin-Manuel will be up.
1: appearing at the Friars Club. Shortly in 2022.
6: Fantastic. Yeah, he was super. He's doing,
1: he's doing a magic act. He's not doing anything. He's, just, he's, he's, he's trying to take a magic show. So I'll be, doing, I'll doing be, doing be here for show. that. Okay.
6: But no, he, he really cared about people. And he, 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 there's a, a really great post now on Instagram that shows all of the letters that people wrote to Mr. Sondheim and the responses that he gave to each and every one of them. Carefully typewritten, some handwritten. And, uh, you know, he just cared about people. And he wrote about people, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, his shows will be timeless because of that, because the human condition doesn't change.
1: So the new West Side Story just came out. Um, between Christine and Lauren, did we, did we like the new West Side Story? I liked it. Uh, Christine, come here, come yeah. here. Come <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I think
3: both the movie and the new West Side Story on, on the, in theater, I, I like, I'm more traditional, what can I tell you? But look, mm. the music is the music. As long as the music still plays and Sondheim lives through the music, it's perfect, right?
4: Lauren. I really like the movie. Um the stage is version. It nominated for awards now? Yes, it is. It is. And the stage version, I know what you're saying. That was yeah. very edgy and they had like text messages and iPhones, but you forgot my favorite show, Doug Company. Oh, that's which my is, favorite. Which is, which is being I know on and Broadway it's on right Broadway. Now. I was waiting for you to say and it. it was, it's
6: the first show that I actually was in by the seriously? That's yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that was the first show that I was ever in. <laughs> yes, <is> that,
1: right? <laughs> Oops. I'm, I'm surrounded with performers. They don't know how to use the microphone. <laughs> and, uh, Sam Bolin's like <laughs> losing his mind. This guy, Tom, who I met three minutes ago, he's playing with all the dials. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, so here we yes. are at the Friars Club. We have uh, an unbelievable crew here, really. I mean, And, of course, she drives me crazy filming the whole thing. If anyone wants to turn on on Facebook. You know, Doug, I, to show you the never say never, this is the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, Right. If you were told that an individual who won five Academy Awards, six Golden Globes, uh, directed Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Godfather 3, Apocalypse Now, The Outsiders, amongst all the others. If you thought he had a star on the Hollywood Hall of Fame, what would you say? Of course. Absolutely. He just got it now. He's 81 years old. Wow. And he just finally got a, a, a Sam Boland, I want you to chime in. I, I, I can't believe it. It's that. an anti-Italian yeah. thing. That's what it is. They're against exactly, the Italians in yeah. the, Holly, the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, I'm I glad he's still it. alive. That's, yeah, that's, and he's that's alive, and it's a big sell. You know, this is 50 years, this, this month. So you got two minutes. Tell whatever story you want. Keep, it, keep the time in mind. Go Doug Jabara. So
6: Arthur Idala is sitting next to me. Uh, the reason that all of this has happened is, is due to him. So I, first of all, I want to express my thanks to you, Arthur, and to your family, uh, through the years, they have been nothing but a loving, supportive uh, second family to me. Uh, that all started when we were doing West Side Story, and Arthur was playing Baby John, and I was playing Arab. 1982. Which is typecasting because I am Lebanese. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't remember my lines. I still can't remember my lines to this very day. So I hope somebody's going to be in the audience prompting me. Um, but. Unfortunately, we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. I said, Arthur, just one more time. He's like, Doug, I got to go home. I got to call my mom. I'm just going to have her put another plate of pasta on for us. Okay, we got to go. So I went that uh, afternoon, and here's Chick. Chick with the red boa. Go, Chick, go.
1: (laughs) Always, that's my that's my claim to fame my boat. Well, he
3: is definitely my second son. I know him since he's 14. And now he's 105. So.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Arthur Idalla we, family we, show.
3: We, we've been, <laughs> Jerry we've been Crowley. Been I hope you're having a martini and somewhere. And Lago in Italy, Sicily. And uh, he's my joy. But it's he fair to say,
1: pride and, right? thanks <laughs> to pride. Doug coming into our house. It's yeah. been a household full of music. <laughs> Full of Broadway music, full of Sinatra, full of, full of the standards. Thank and, you, Padre. Thank you, Chick. Thank you, a lot, a lot of love, Doug. Would you say there's a lot of love in the idol? Sempre con
6: cuore. Sempre con cuore. So
1: we are here at the Friars Club tonight to celebrate the life of Stephen Sondheim. It's brought to you by Doug Jabara. Let's hear it, everybody. Woo! Thank you for my glasses, Michael Boxer. See you tomorrow. But
0: the whole ever love it. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.